If you have your Bibles this morning, open with me to uh, Psalm 4610. Today is going to go a little differently than planned. Just a tad bit. I know everybody was really, really, really excited about jumping back into Romans 15. Uh, but we are not going to be there today because I have something... I just all week, the Lord has pressed me with it and laid it on my heart. And uh, it's, it's just been kind of cool for my wife and I. So um, this morning, I want to give you some parables. And a parable is um, a story, uh, a story that can relate an example. It's a story that unpacks for us a spiritual or moral meaning. It's what Jesus used when Jesus taught. He taught in parables. He would use a story about a father and a son or a story about a lady and her, her dowry. He would use a story to unpack a spiritual meaning, a spiritual emphasis that he believed was significant. So today I have some parables for us to walk through. And um, I just kind of want to catch you up on where, um, where I am. So my wife and I, two, I guess it's been three months ago, we decided, we felt a call from the Lord to, uh, to do foster care, to be foster parents. We felt this conviction, and uh, reading through James, uh, my, one of my very, very, very dear to my heart life verses is James 1.17, and it says, every good and perfect thing comes down from the Father of heavenly lights, in whom there's no variables and no shadow of turning. So James 1 has always been really, really dear to me. Um, and, and then towards the end of James 1, there's a verse that says, pure and undefiled religion is this, that you take care of the orphans and the widows. So that, that verse, those two verses have always kind of connected to me and pulled at me. And uh, just about three months ago, my wife, she's an adoption consultant. That's what she does. She, she talks about adoption. She um, reads about adoption. She breathes, eats, and sleeps adoption. It's just she's passionate about it. She loves it. So about three months ago, we, you know, through called the care ministry in the church, we start taking these steps uh, to be certified as foster parents. And I, I just want to let you guys, um, I'm, I'm letting you into my life this morning. This is just kind of us talking. I preach to you all the time. Let me just talk to you this morning. Um, so <laughs> we start going through this class and the, the, these processes, and it, it's some really weighty material. It's some really heavy stuff to, to when you start dealing with attachments and trauma and all these, all these questions and all these. For me, it was, God, should I do this? Can I do this? Do I have the capacity to do this? And, and there are all, there's all this fear. And I'm not, I'm not going to paint myself like a super Christian, like I was like, oh, I'm ready to go save the world and every kid in it. Absolutely not. I was like, God, what in the world are we doing? Like, I don't know how to be a dad, right? Like, I have no clue. So there was all this fear and all this anxiety. And, 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 and in moments where I'd be like, God, are you really, really sure? I would just feel this overwhelming sense of the Holy Spirit speaking to my heart saying, who, who else's house will they go to? Who else will pray for them? Who else will give them Jesus? TJ, if not your house, whose house? And man, my, the, the, there was just, and there was no audible voice or anything, but the Lord was just speaking to my heart, and that, that was going over and over. Who's, whose house will they go to? Who will pray for them? Who will not mistreat them? TJ, who's it going to be if it's not you? And I was like, okay, Lord, I, I got you. I got you. It's going to be me, okay? And my beautiful wife, 
So we go through these classes and... Um, <laughs> we go through these classes and you, you begin to hear stories. And uh, it's an overwhelming need, right, for, for the love of Christ to be in, injected and infused into, into so many stories around us. And uh, so... We took the journey and we took the steps and, and we thought, oh man, you know, we'll, we'll get through the class the first of the year. We'll get to kind of evaluate things and see where we are, right? We were finishing up the class and we got a phone call and they said, hey, uh, so there's this kid and we're going to give him to you. We're like, all right. They said, yeah, we're actually going to, we're going to, uh, we're going to rush your paperwork. We're going to put it through and uh, how's next week sound? I was like, God, that's not two months. Lord, my, my timetable's two months, right? So, so two weeks ago, this little guy, and, and uh, for, for, to protect them and, and their families, we, you know, we can't share their names or anything on social media or their picture on social media. So, so for the sermon, I'll reference him as little guy, all right? So, so our little guy, uh, two weeks ago, we got two play dates with him, and then, um, and then he came to live with us. And... Uh, I just want to start this. You're like, man, TJ, you're freaking us out. Listen, just bear with me. I just, I'm letting you into my heart this morning, all right? Um, we got to hang out with him twice, and then we he came to live at our house. And um, if there's anybody in the room, and I just I want you to hear me say this. We don't, we don't think that we're, like, we're special. We don't think that we're some super Christian or some heroes for doing this. Like we're, we're not, there's nothing great about us. It's just the glory and grace of Christ that he called us to do this, right? So, every, and everybody says, everybody says, man, you guys are, are such a blessing. And listen, we appreciate the encouragement. We appreciate the prayers. And, and people say, man, you're such a blessing. You guys are great. And, and over the last two weeks, and I'm going to unpack this for you in six parables, but over the last two weeks, it's like, no, like I, I'm not a blessing. He's a blessing to me. It's like, I feel like I'm on a mission trip. Like, I remember the first time I went to Jamaica to do missions. And I know what everybody's thinking. Yeah, Jamaica missions, right? But really, outside of the compounds that most of you have probably been to, there's nothing but poverty and starvation and sickness in Jamaica, all through the mountains and the hills. No education. I know that stung, but I love you guys. Um, and I thought, man, I'm going to do mission work. This is like a mission trip. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invest in his life, and I'm going to pour into his life, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And the whole time he's been with us, he's only been with us two weeks, and I'm just wrecked. I'm ruined. Like, number one, I'm wrapped around his finger for sure. But every step of the way, every day, like, he's blessing my life in, in ways that are unimaginable. He's, he's showing me pictures of Christ and I, that I didn't even know were possible. So that's what I'm going to do today. And since I have been a parent for two weeks, <laughs> I mean, if you guys have got any questions, <laughs> go ask Taylor. No, I'm serious. By the way, I, I do want to let you in on this. And if you're, if you're not married or you don't have kids yet or you're, you're married and you're trying to have kids or walking through the process of, uh, of having biological children or uh, chosen children into your family, um, if you're doing that, let me just let you in on something. I, I've read, I don't know how many marriage and family books I've read. Uh, uh, just finished my degree in, in ca Christian counseling and I, I read all these adolescent books and their development stuff. And let me just let all you guys in on this, all you teenagers, all you kids, and all you people about to have kids Parents have no idea what they're doing. They're just making it up as they go. That's what I realized. 
I was, I'm like, two weeks in, I'm like, everybody's just making this up as they go. Everybody does bedtime different and bath time different and eating different. I was like, man, all you veteran parents are holding out on us. Anyways, I want to talk to you about six ways in the past, uh, in the past two weeks that God has, has kind of just put his love and his, his grace on display for me through this little guy. And, um, and I thought this would be cool for you to kind of know where we are and, um, and for you to see Christ in this. So number one point, if you're taking notes this morning, God wants us to know him. My God, I want to teach you about God. And I want to teach you about ourselves this morning. God wants us to know him. I want you to hear this. 2 Peter 3.18 But grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Listen, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. God wants us to know him. He's knowable. He is knowable. And as we press into him, as we begin to ask him who he is. God, who are you? God, what do you do? He unpacks for us. And here's our first parable. It was right after a little guy came to our house and he's in his room and we're kind of playing and wrestling and tickling and just having a big time. And he, he, he says my name and, and, and then he starts asking these questions, right, about who I am and, and, you know, where do I live and, you know, all these questions. And he begins to kind of pull at me, like trying to discover who who I am. And by the, the, the end of the, so it's been two weeks, and, and now, like, he knows my name perfectly. He knows my wife's name perfectly. He, he definitely knows how to cry out my wife's name between 3 and 3.30 almost every night. It's precious. Taylor. Right? I mean, it's just. And as I've been asking God, God, help me shepherd his, shepherd his little heart. God, help me love him as if he were my own son. God, and help me to love his mom like she were one of my sisters. And, and God, help me to, to, to be a, a part of influencing their reunification. As I've been praying those things, the desire of my heart is, man, I want this guy, little guy to know me. I want him to know he can trust me. I want him to know that in my house, he doesn't have to worry about, about anything. That in, in my house, if he's hungry, he can eat. In my house, if he's scared, there's somebody that's going to hold him. In my house, I want him to know that he's safe and secure. I want him to know me. And as I, I was thinking about my desire for him, the Lord just hits me. Does that remind you of anything, TJ? In my word, I said that, that you can know me. In my word, I commanded you, grow in knowledge of me. I want you to know me. Just like you want little guy to know you and to know that you're safe and know that you're secure, I want you to know me. Listen, that same, that same declaration, that same point that hit me in the heart this week, it's hitting you this morning. I want you to hear it. God wants you to know him as a father, as a friend, as a comforter. As someone that you can count on, you can rely on, and you can build your life on, God wants you to know Him. 
And we know him through his word. We know him through discipleship. And we know him by telling others our story and listening to others' story about him. I want to challenge you, if you're not in a discipleship class, if you're not in a small group, if you're not in a Sunday school, I, want, I desire you to get plugged in because it's incredible what we learn about God just listening to others tell their story about him. And in prayer, he reveals himself to us through conversation. Psalm 4610 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. He said, be still and know. In, in, in my little guy's times of, of, of meltdown or his times of stress or his times of fear, like I so desperately just want to be like, man, I wish you just knew. Like, bro, I got all kind of guns in the cabinet. Nobody's messing with you here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I wish you knew, you know. He's like, bro, I'm three. I don't know what you're talking about. Every step of the way, God's reminded me, TJ, you do the same thing. I want you to know me. But you're preoccupied with so many other things, TJ. You're preoccupied with so much other stuff. I just want you to know me. That's an invitation from God today to you. He wants you to know him. He wants to be intimate with you. He wants to be that father, that friend, that close comforter. So at, at the end of two weeks, we went through this, all these conversations about who we are and what we do and where do I go to work, you know. And it's weird, I can't repeat him without doing his little, you know. So just a few nights ago, I was putting him to bed. And, uh, and he said... I said, man, you don't have anything to worry about. And this is what he responded with. Because you'll protect me. You'll keep me safe. And I thought, man, the more time that he has spent with me, the more he really does know that I will protect him. And I'll keep him safe. Listen, the more time that you dig into the word of God, that you spend in biblical community, the more time that you focus on Christ, the more you will gain confidence and strength in who he is and who he is to you. You can know him. You can look up to him and say, you are a good father. You are a protector. You are the creator. You are my savior. You can know him today. Point number two, if you're taking notes. God wants you to trust him. See, it, sometimes it's difficult for us to really know God. Sometimes it's difficult for us to really trust God. And there's three things that I want you to know that God wants you to trust him with specifically. And the, the parable I have about my, uh, using my little guy, right? That's what I'm doing, and, and you're just bearing with me this morning. I appreciate it. But there are moments where that you, you can see in his heart and eyes, and I know there's some of you that, that are being prepared or been foster parents or going to be foster parents, so this is kind of for you too. I'm just kind of letting you in, letting you see a little picture of it. But, but there are times where there's absolute fear. There's, there's shying away and kind of turning in on himself, and, and especially when it comes to food. I'm like, hey, man, eat this. And he's like, no, right? I will not eat it unless it's a chicken nugget. Right. <laughs> and he's really pretty that, that articulate. It's kind of incredible. But what 
when I was thinking about him and, and, and my desire for, for him to trust me. Like, I have this desire for this, this kid, right? I want him to trust me. I want him to know that, that what I give him to eat is not going to hurt him. I want him to know that when he goes to sleep at night, when he wakes up, he's still going to be in our house, and I'm still going to be right there. I want him to trust that I'm going to tell him the truth. And, and as I was thinking about that and, and thinking through using him as a parable, God began to just deal with my heart. And, and, and listen, I want to give you three things this morning that God wants you specifically to trust him with. Number one, he wants you to trust him with your past. He can handle it even when it breaks his heart. No matter what you've been through, I want you to hear me, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're currently walking through, in my mind, I think about the Samaritan woman in John 4. She comes to the well, and, and you know, Jesus tells her these things. They have this, you know, this conversation, and then he says, well, go get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He's like, I know, you got five, right? So, and the one you're with now is not even your real husband. By the end of their conversation, by the end of the, the time that Christ had unpacked, and she'd obviously seen his love, Scripture says that she dropped her water bucket. She, she, was, she, she put down the whole reason of being at that moment, the whole reason of going to the well, and Scripture says she ran back to town to get others to tell them about the man that told her all she had ever done. If she had experienced condemnation in front of Jesus, you think she would have ran back to town to get everybody else to come see him? No. She could trust Jesus with her past. I want you to hear me this morning, church. No matter what you've done, no matter how dark, you can trust Jesus with your past. You can bring it to him. With our little guy, there, there are things in his past that obviously make him struggle in some areas, make him afraid. And man, when, when he is having that meltdown and I'm, I'm holding on to this little guy or I'm rocking him right at 3.30 when he can't sleep because he has nightmares right. When I'm rocking him, I'm like, I'll take your past. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I have a real problem with it, but I, I don't. You want to freak out? You can freak out. You want to cry? You can cry. God's response to you is the same this morning. You want to freak out in God's arms? Freak out in God's arms. You want to weep before the Lord over your past, over maybe even what you're currently walking through? If you want to, God's not going to shy away. I'm not going to shy away from the little guy. If he calls him out my name at 2 or 4 or 5 in the morning, man, I'm going to be there. And I'm, Listen, it's the craziest thing because I've enjoyed it. <laughs> Sometimes we think, man, we're going to burden God down. We're going to weigh God down. God enjoys carrying you in your brokenness. He wants to. Number two, he wants you to trust him with your future. Philippians 1.6 says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He wants you to trust him with your past, and he wants you to trust him with your future. Number three, he wants you to trust him with your eternity. John 10, 28 says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. Listen, this morning, God wants you to trust him with your past. He wants you to trust him with your future. And he wants you to trust him with your eternal life. One way that we gain assurance when it comes to eternal life and we get to trust him is that we repent of our sins and we turn to him as Savior, the one and only, the true God, the forgiver of all sin. Jesus. So listen, it, trust Him with your past. Trust Him with your future. Trust Him with your eternal life. If you are not a believer today, 
trust him with your eternal life. Salvation, in, in, in other terms, is said like this, to turn and to trust. Turn from sin, trust in Christ. Trust him. Next point, if you're taking notes, is God wants to demolish your fear. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For this reason I remind you to fan the flame, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-confidence or sound mind, depending on the translation that you're reading. God wants to demolish your fear. Listen, I have one of the, my, my wife's probably one of the coolest, no, she's not probably, she is the coolest person I know, but the way she handles that little guy, and I told you, I'm giving you parable after parable this morning of things in his life that have screamed the gospel. So every night, I have this little routine, right? We read a book. Well, we do bath time. And then we decide if we want, like, Jake the Pirate pajamas. I had to figure out who Jake the Pirate was, right? So Ninja Turtles or Spider-Man. Occasional Batman. We've got we to figure it out, right? So it's pajama time, then book reading. Then after book reading is prayers. And after prayers, Taylor, she says the same stuff every night. She lays him down, we're both in his room, and she says, look around. Is there anything in the room you're afraid of? And he'll point at something, and she'll say, well, why are you afraid of that? What do you want me to do about it? So he's got all these little toys in his room. Like, like, and so Taylor, one night, he's like, I'm afraid of the trucks. So she was like, cool. She puts a blanket over the trucks. You don't have to look at them anymore. I'm afraid of this. Took that out. And in that moment, I was listening to my wife lovingly shepherd this little guy's heart. And, you know, what are you afraid of? And at the end of the conversation, every night she says, is there anything you're afraid of? Nope. So when you wake up tonight at 3 o'clock, that's really how the conversation goes. So when you wake up tonight at 3 o'clock, what are you going to do? I'm going to roll over and go back to sleep because there's nothing to be afraid of. Seriously, those same, those same words every night. At 3 a.m., he'd forgotten the promise he made, right? Because <laughs> he easily forgets whose house he's in. Think about us as believers. God has looked at our life and he says, I haven't given you a spirit of fear. I've given you power, love. I've given you a sound mind. I'll take away whatever you fear, whatever drags you down. I'm the God of angel armies. I will remove it from your life. Just trust in me. I, I will help you not to fear, not to be afraid. And we stand and say, okay, God, I'm not going to be fearful. God, I'm, I'm going to trust you. And just a few hours later, we're crying out again, wondering if he's left us. The whole time we're in his house. I want you to see that parable this morning. I want you to grab onto it. Listen, there are times that, that you will wake up in life. You will look around and you will feel like you were all alone. There, there will be no one in the room with you. And you will want to rail out and you want to cry and you want to fear. I want to challenge you today. No matter what you're going through or how alone you feel, you are in his house. Though you may not feel him at times, if you're a believer, though you may not feel him at times, no, though you may not hear him at times, though you may stand and sing and worship and feel a million miles away from God, you are in his house and he will show up. Amen. He will show up. It's amazing. There's not been one time in the last two weeks that I've heard the little guy cry 
that Taylor wasn't out of the bed and like that, man. Women, let me just say this. You, there's some kind of God ears invested in, because I'm like, and she's like, I heard a whimper. I'm like, we're a long ways away. How'd you hear a whimper, right? It was another picture of God to me. He's attentive. He wants you to trust. He wants you to know him. And he doesn't want you to be afraid. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my right hand. So remember this. Times, in times when you can't see God and you can't hear God, remind yourself, I am in the Father's house. I'm a part of his family. If you're taking notes, next point. God wants to carry you. God wants to carry me. Yeah. God wants to carry you. I want to read you the scripture. Colossians 1, 13 through 14 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. The word conveyed in the Greek means to carry, like to cradle, like a baby, to pick up and carry. He wants to carry you. I want to give you another parable. So me and the little guy um, go to the farm a couple days a week. This is just kind of something we've been doing. We, so we go out to this farm, and, and uh, I'm probably breaking all kind of rules, but I'll get out in the middle of the field and take him out of his car seat, and I'm like, you drive. I'll take my hand, you know. I don't know. I could probably get in trouble for saying that. I'm serious, like, like, so he'll, he'll sit in my lap, and we'll just kind of like, it's just dirt everywhere, right? And we'll just kind of go in circles, and he, I mean, he really thinks he's driving. You know, I've got like both hands gripping. He's like, I'm driving. We have a blast. Well, we went out last week, and, and, uh, and I get out of the truck, and I kind of put him in the back of the truck, and he's got a sword, you know, and he's like, you know, hitting my tailgate, you know, hitting the window's not good, but he can hit the tailgate and he can hit the toolbox, you know, and I just let him, you know, fight. And so I do something for about three or four minutes and I turn around and uh, we're right here close together. And he says, uh, I was like, hey man, have you seen my phone? I, he said, yeah, I was playing a game on it. I was like, cool, where is it? So we get, we get in the truck and we drive and, and we're looking for the phone and we, we almost get out and I really realize I'm like, no, I, I, what I really thought is, no, I just put it in my, you know, it's in my truck somewhere. So I get to the end of the road, and I'm looking around. I'm like, I really can't find my phone. He's like, because I hit it. <laughs> I was like, cool. Well, where'd you put it? He said, on the toolbox. Awesome. So, so this, is, this is how the next 45 minutes to an hour played out. I drive back kind of to the entrance of where we were. And the tree we had stopped at, that he was playing in the back of the truck, we, we were about a half mile away from it, three quarters of a mile. So, and my phone could have fallen off the top at any point, right? So I throw him on my shoulders, and he was like, what are we doing? I'm like, we're looking for a phone. <laughs> so we're just walking, and, and we, I walk three quarters of a mile with this dude on my shoulders, and, and we get there, and, and we walk around, and we're looking, and he, you know, he he can sense that I'm, I'm frustrated, right? And I'm not frustrated at him. I'm just like, man, i got to find it. You know, I'm going back and forth, and I'm looking for it. I'm like, oh, you know, bummer. I can't find my phone. And, um, and you could tell, like, he, like it, it, was, it was kind of making him sad a little bit. He was like, oh, man, I've lost the phone. So he kind of just curls up in my arms, and he lays his head right here and kind of nestles into my neck. And, and he's like, I'm, you know, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, 
I'm just carrying him. I, I carry him out. So I, I carry him about a mile and a half probably. And as I'm, as I'm carrying him, he's, he's making up all these stories, right? They're really excuses as to why he lost the phone, why he hid the phone, and, and, and all these things. And he thinks, he thinks I'm, I, you think I'm going to be mad? And you know, he, he thinks I'm going to be mad. He thinks that I'm going to you know, get on to him because he hid my phone. And he was playing, and so he just curls up, and, 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 and I'm walking with him. And it's literally a walk, like a mile and a half. And I'm just like, buddy, I'm not mad at you. Like, I, I want you to feel loved right now. I want you to feel cared for. Like, I'm not upset with you. I'm not, man, I really, there's no anger in my heart. I'm just like, man, I just love this little guy. And I'm walking, and the Lord just kind of snapped over my, my heart. And he was like, does this remind you of anything? <laughs> and in an instant, I could see myself so many times in the arms of God, making all these excuses, thinking God's going to be mad at me, thinking God's going to be frustrated with me, thinking God is going to punish me, you know, and, and, and condemn me. And all the while, God is just holding me in His arms, saying, man, I just love you, and I want you to know that I'm not mad, and I'm not angry, and I'm not upset, and I'm for you. Same invitation to you today. As He's carrying you through life, in those moments where, where you're making all these excuses and you're saying, well, this is how it is, or this is how it is, and then you realize that you've broken God's heart and you expect God to be angry and to punish you, I want you to hear me this morning. He looks on you with love. He looks on you with forgiveness. So after we walk a mile and a half, I thought to myself, he and I jumped over a little puddle of water. And I had just been talking on my phone. That's before we ever got to the tree where he hid it. So I get back and I look and it's on the ground. So everything he made up was a story. <laughs> but we walk up to it and he looks and he says, See, that's where I hid it. And in that instant, I mean, there was never a moment, but in that instant, I just busted out laughing. And I thought, man, this is the kind of joy he calls. And the Bible says, if we, being wicked fathers, would not give our child a, a, a serpent when they ask for a fish or a stone when they ask for bread, how much more will our Heavenly Father give us? How much more does He love us? How much more does He delight in us when we say, see, God, there's my plans. And He just busts out like, yeah, okay, I'm just going to carry you. When you hear me this morning, you're being carried. He wants to carry you. And listen, if you feel like you're doing life on your own and you're struggling, you're wrestling through life, He wants to carry you. we got two more points, and I'm going to move very fast. No, there's one more thing I want to, I want to make this point. Sorry. I was tired. Little dude weighs between 30 and 40 pounds. I was tired after walking a mile and a half. And the moment that he pointed at my phone and said, see, that's where I hit it, I, and I began to laugh, I would not trade a second of carrying him for the joy that I experienced being with him, hearing him talk, hearing him laugh. Again, God was like, does this remind you of anything? He wants to carry you. He wants to carry you so much so that he sent his son to die so that you could be carried and you could be loved. Last one, God wants to comfort you. 
Psalm 147.3, He heals the broken heart and binds up their wounds. 2 Corinthians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and God of all comfort. Listen, there are a lot of times when we're hanging out with a little guy and, and he seems like it's going to be impossible to comfort him. And there, there are moments where he's scared or he's fearful. And, and, and I'm like, man, let me, you know, he'll be like, let me hold you. And the moment I get my arms around him, he'll be like, I don't want to hold you, right? And he's just been through so much in his little life. And again, God was like, does this remind you of anything? The whole time that I'm railing and, and, and throwing toys and the whole time in my life that I'm kicking and screaming against God, the whole time all God wants to do is wrap me in His arms and for me to feel comfort. Do you hear that this morning? God wants to comfort you. Jesus said when He died on the cross, I go away so that the Comforter can come. He endured the wrath of God on the cross so that you and I might be redeemed and rescued and given the Holy Spirit. Given the Holy Spirit as a Comforter. And the last point, this might be one of my favorites, God does not mind answering the what's and the why's in our life. Look, I will be four in February. And uh, if he said it one time, he said it a thousand. What's that? Hey, what's that? What's that? I'm like, it's a giraffe. It was a giraffe the last 14 times. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's always been a giraffe, always will be a giraffe. Well, what's that? What's that? Why? I got to go to work. Why? I got to go to work. Why? We're going to eat. Why? And in that moment, again, same thing. Does this remind you of anything? I'm walking through life at times, and God, where do I go? God, do I go left or do I go right? God, what is this? What, what, what are you trying to tell me? God, why? Why, God? Why, why this and why that, God? Why this and why that? And the whole time, God, who's full of knowledge, full of wisdom, full of grace, endures all of our what's and all of our why's because he loves us. I love the little interaction. Like he'll, 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 look, I, I, the whole time I'm thinking about the love of God. We, we read this Dr. Seuss book, and um, he's like, well, what's that? What's that? Who are they? Right? All these questions. Who are they? And I'm like, those are the Zaz fossils, right? And he's like, well, who are the Zaz fossils? I was like, I don't know. They're related to the, you know, you know blah, blah, blah. I'll just make up names, you know, like 20 or 30 names until he gets tired of asking me who they're related to, right? I love it. It's hilarious. I never get tired. I mean, I might, you know, give me a week, two weeks, a month, six years. I don't know. I'm... But that would just reflect my frailty and my humanity. God never gets tired of your what's or your why's. He never gets weary of responding to you. He wants your conversation. He wants your conversation. I want you to hear this and we're going to wrap up. They're going to come and, and, and do it. We're going to have a time of response. But I want you to hear this one more time. Because I'll let you in on all my little, my little parables this morning. Little stories that teach a spiritual, significant spiritual meaning. God wants you to know Him. Hear me this morning. God wants you to know Him. God wants you to trust Him. God wants to demolish your fear. 
God wants to carry you. God wants to comfort you. And God doesn't mind answering your whys and your what. If you struggle in any area of those, when you, when you look at those, when you hear those, if you struggle knowing God, if you struggle trusting God, if you struggle with your, your fears at times, if you wrestle with, 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 with knowing that He's okay with you bringing you know, your frustrations, even with Him, He's okay with you bringing all of that to Him. If you struggle with any of that, I want you to use our time of response this morning to draw near to Him and to lay those things at His feet. Let me pray for you. Father God, we, we thank You. God, we thank You that You are a good God. You are a faithful God. You are a God that wants us to know You. You are a God that wants us to trust You. You are a God that wants to demolish our fears. You're a God that wants to carry us. You're a God that wants to comfort us. God, Lord, and you're okay with all the questions. So I pray over our church family this morning. I pray over my own life, Lord. I pray, God, Lord, that you would let us see you, that we, you would let us savor you, God, Lord, that we would trust you, that we would lean on you, God, Lord, that we would be bold enough this morning just to cry out to you. God, thank you for the gift of revelation. Thank you for letting us see you in the little things. Lord, we love you and we need you this morning. In Jesus' name.